Let me tell you a little something about Anchor. This is, of course, where we're hosting this podcast, and the best thing about it is it is free, so it's not costing our church a dime. They have tools right there on the website that I can upload the sermons, I can record a quick little introduction, and put it out there. Anchor distributes everything for me. They've got it on Spotify, they've got it on Apple, they've got it on Google, they've just sent it everywhere. Uh, We're actually able to have no minimum listenership required for us to have some money put in by doing these advertisements that we can put right into the church. So if you want to make a podcast and you're not sure how to get started, just go to anchor.fm and you can also download their free Anchor app and it'll have everything you need to get started right away. So why are you wasting time? Get after it. If you want to start your podcast, anchor.fm is an easy and quick way to get started. Hello and welcome to the Moment of Truth Bible Baptist Church podcast where we are listening to sermons from our pastor, Philip Kuntz. I was unable to get a good recording of this week's sermon here on Sunday, the 24th of January, 2021. I do apologize for that, so we will not have that available here on the podcast. Unfortunately, I don't really have it available on our YouTube channel, which, by the way, we have a YouTube channel. If you look us up, Moment of Truth Bible Baptist Church, you can find video recordings of our services that have been going on since March. Well, at least most of our services. We occasionally have some technical problems, and that's kind of what happened on Sunday. We had some technical problems. I think I may have done it myself, trying to adjust some volume. I may have bumped something that uh, caused unfortunate static to happen about 60 minutes into the sermon. So I do apologize for that. We won't be able to share that with you. But I still have sermons from the past year to share, and this one is called Meekling. This one was preached on April 26th of 2020. This was fun. Uh, This was the first time we got to have everybody back uh, during this COVID crisis that we've had. We were we had an outdoor service out in the parking lot. And so we were able to welcome a lot of our members back and, you know, kept social distance and everything. But it was nice to see everybody. It was super exciting. I remember being there. It just felt good to see everybody back at church and be able to gather together at a distance, but see each other and worship together. Uh, So it was a really fun time. So it was preached outdoors, so it might sound a little different. Uh, But once again, visit us anytime. 310 Randolph Road. Any Sunday, I should say, when we're actually having services. Sunday mornings, we have Sunday school at 930. And then worship service will begin at 11 every Sunday. We'd love to have you. 310 Randolph Road in Kansas City, Missouri. We're just outside of Clay Como. Alrighty, but without any further ado, let's hear from Pastor Philip Kuntz. Once again, I say good morning. What a blessing it is to be here in the house of the Lord today. I've been looking forward to this for quite some time, getting to see y'all. You know, and I don't mean this as an insult to you, camera. I'm looking at the camera right here. You've been a blessing. A true blessing, camera. And I have a name for you. The name for you is Folk. That is the name I've given the camera, Folk. And I've given the name to the camera because that's who I'm looking at when I'm looking at that camera. The name of the camera is Folk. And that's because that's who I see when I'm looking at that camera. It's all the folk that I couldn't see, that I could not see, that was, they were not here in the pew, but they were here in that camera. So the camera's name is Folk, and I appreciate Folk. Thank you, Folk. 
And that's for all you who are home right now who could not be here today. All you folk. And that camera, I really do appreciate it. However, let me just tell you something. It really is great to have true folk here and not just the camera folk. <laughs> but that being said, I am very thankful for the camera folk as well. It's good to be able to have the ability to speak to the camera as well. That being said, I am now going to read from the book of Titus. And in the book of Titus, we're going to read from the chapter, chapter 3, verses 1 through 8. And I apologize because I know that's, that's quite a few more than I usually do. And for those of you that know, I usually ask you to stand with me. You don't have to, but if you can, that's fine too. It's up to you. You can stand in your heart if you can't in a real person. So I'm going to read to you from the book of Titus, chapter 3, verse 1 through 8. And I'll speak as loud as I possibly can. Remind them to be subject to rulers and authorities, to obey them, to be ready for every good work, to speak evil of no one, not to be contentious, but gentle, showing all humility toward everyone. We also were once foolish, disobedient, deceived, serving various desires and pleasures, living in evil and envy, filled with hatred and hating each other. But when the kindness and the love of God, our Savior toward mankind, appeared, not by works of righteousness, which we have done, but according to his mercy, he saved us through the washing of rebirth and renewal of the Holy Spirit, whom he poured out on us abundantly through Jesus Christ, our Savior, so that, being justified by his grace, we might become heirs according to the hope of eternal life. This is a faithful saying, and these things I want you constantly to affirm so that those who have believed in God might be careful to maintain good works. These things are good and profitable for everyone. God bless the reading of his word. You may be seated. April 26th, that's the day. April 26th, 1945. That's 75 years ago. 75 years ago today, Robert Frederick Kuntz was born. And you might say, who was that? Who was Robert Frederick Kuntz? Well, some of you already know. He was a good man. He was a good Christian man. He was a man who I love very, very much, and still do, by the way, and never will quit loving. He was a good man, a good Christian man, a minister, a radio preacher, and founding pastor of the Moment of Truth Bible Baptist Church, my good friend, my mentor, my daddy. <laughs> he was my pal, my daddy. He was a hero to me in many, many ways. He was also the one that brought a belt to me when I needed it. He was the one who brought me up in the way I should go along with my mama. Yes, he was a good man. And I'm going to tell you something else about my dad. He was meek. He was very, very meek. He was brought up in the way he should go, and he brought me up in the way I should go. He was a meek man, but he was not a weak man, not whatsoever. Meek, not weak. And what's the difference? We're going to talk about that. Today's sermon is called meeklings. Now, that's a very strange word, meeklings. And I came up with it myself in the sense that I brought two words together, two words that often get confused, weak and meek. And many people think of meek people as weaklings. Well, we're not weaklings, but we are to be meeklings. Meek 
M-E-E-K, the Lings, L-I-N-G-S, meeklings. So today we're going to talk about how we are to be meeklings, not weaklings. We are to be meeklings. Meek, not weak. Well, it even says when Jesus Christ spoke to the people about the Beatitudes, that is the way we are to be, we are to be meek. And what does he say in Matthew 5, 5? Blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. Well, we know that, Pastor. We've heard that many, many times. Well, what does it mean to be meek? We who are meek are to have love, patience, kindness, tenderness, and the sweetness. Well, what does that mean? Does that mean our love and our patience, our kindness and tenderness and sweetness? Well, no, not really. This is actually talking about that we are to have these things of Christ. We're to have the love of Christ and the patience of Christ and the kindness and tenderness and sweetness of Christ. That's what we're supposed to live upon. Because I'll be honest with you, we have those human traits. Those human traits aren't going to get us anywhere. It's those things of Christ that we are to have, and we are not to be weak. We're not to be weak. Some people think of us as weak, but we're not to be that. We're not to be passive. We're not to be cowards. We're not to be shy and still and say nothing. No, we are to speak the truth, always speak the truth, not to be dishonest. We're to be honest always, but we're to be honest with love. And we're only to speak when we're supposed to speak. But what does that mean? Well, really, it's not us who are supposed to speak, and we're going to talk about that here in a second, too. We're going to talk about that. Well, let's talk a little bit what the Bible says about meekness and what we're supposed to do with that. Well, there are several people who speak about it. And the first one I'm going to mention is Peter. Peter speaks about meekness. In 1 Peter 3, 4, and we're going to mostly talk about what he says in the third chapter here. 1 Peter 3, 4, he says, But let it be the hidden nature of the heart, that which is not corruptible, that's important, not corruptible, even the ornament of a gentle and quiet spirit, which is very precious in the sight of God. That's very precious in the sight of God. He goes on to say, just a little bit later, a few verses later in that chapter, verses 13 and 15, he goes on to say, and who is he who will warm, excuse me, who will harm you if you become followers of what is good? But even if you should suffer for righteousness sake, you are blessed and do not be afraid of their threats, nor be troubled. But sanctify the Lord God in your hearts and always be ready to give a defense to everyone who asks you a reason for the hope that is in you. With meekness and fear. And fear doesn't mean to be afraid. Fear means the godly respect. That's what it means. Respect of the Lord. This means don't be afraid to speak up for the Lord God. See right there. Right there it takes away the whole weakness talk. We're not to be afraid of God. No, 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 no. Not that kind of fear. Not the kind of fear in that manner. No, 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 no. That takes away it right there. The whole thought of being meek and being weak. Uh Uh-uh. Talks about respect of the Lord God. If we're to fear anyone, we're to fear the Lord God. We're not to be fearful. We're not to be fearful of those people. The one we're supposed to be afraid of is the Lord God, not the people around us. We're to be meek, but we're to speak up for God. We're to do it with respect of the Lord God. It says for us to speak and give reason for our hope. Who is our hope but the Lord Jesus Christ? We know who our hope is. It is the Lord Jesus. Without him, we have nothing. We know that. We says it one of our favorite songs. Without him, I surely fall. Right? We know that. We know that. He is our hope. He is our only hope. Paul speaks about it quite a bit. 
He said to the Colossians in chapter 3, verse 12. Chapter 3, verse 12, he says, So embrace as the elect of God, holy and beloved, a spirit of mercy, kindness, humbleness of mind, meekness, and long-suffering. Oh, this is not easy. It is not easy to be meek. It is not easy to be steadfast with long-suffering. Get ready for it. Long-suffering. Oh, man, to be meek when people are in your face. Be meek. And to stay that way, it is not easy to be that way. It's not. It's not easy at all. Because in reality, what we want to do is to be in the face of the people. We want to get in their face because you're human. When people are in your face, when people are screaming at you, you want to focus on the emotions. So often we want to get on the emotion side. And we want to tell them what for. But we can't do that. Because we have to listen to the Lord Jesus Christ through the Holy Spirit. We cannot listen to our emotions. That's a hard thing to do. We have to listen to the emotions of the Lord Jesus. We have to be meek. And that is not simple. That is not easy whatsoever. Paul says this to the Ephesians in chapter 4, verses 2 and 3. With all humility, meekness, and patience, bearing with one another in love, be eager to keep the unity of the, of the Spirit, talking about the Holy Spirit now, in the bond of peace, it is not easy to be peaceful in a world that doesn't want peace. And we know that. It's not easy at all. Paul goes on to talk about this to the Galatians. See, he says it many, many occasions. And not just in these. He says it to others too. But in Galatians chapter 6, verse 1, he starts off by saying, Brothers, if a man is caught up in any transgression, who are spiritual, who excuse me, you who are spiritual should restore such a one in the spirit of meekness, watching yourselves, lest you also should be tempted. Which is to say, be patient, be meek. You see them slipping away, bring them back with meekness. Don't be in their face, tell them, ah, oh, ah, oh, you should know better. No, we're to be patient, we're to be meek. And this is hard. This is hard because sometimes we can find ourselves being know-it-alls and we got to be very, very careful. Allowing the spirit to lead us and guide us. And we'll talk about that more in a minute. James, James, the brother of the Lord Jesus, the half-brother, said this in chapter 3, verses 13 through 17. He said this, Who is wise and understanding among you? Let him show his works by his good life in the meekness of wisdom. The meekness of wisdom. Okay, he goes on to say, But if you have bitter envying, and strife in your hearts, do not boast and do not lie against the truth. This wisdom descends not from above, but is earthly, unspiritual, and devilish. For where there is envy and strife, there is confusion and every evil work. But the wisdom that is from above is first pure, then peaceable, gentle, open to reason, full of mercy and good fruits without partiality and without hypocrisy. We have to be meek. We have to be. How are we going to show people the way Jesus was and the way Jesus is if we are not meek? Christ is a great example of meekness. He truly, truly is. Not weakness. Oh, no, 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 no. Not weakness, but meekness. That's who Christ was, and I might add, is. Christ is not dead, by the way. He is not dead at all. He lives. He lives in heaven and he lives in me 
and I'm sure he lives in thee. If you've asked Jesus to be Lord and Savior, he lives in thee, in you. Yes, he most certainly does. This is what Jesus himself said in Matthew chapter 11, verse 29. He said, take the yoke upon you and learn not from me, for I am meek and lowly in heart. Excuse me, I misspoke. Let me say that again. Uh, he said, I, I read something wrong while I was reading that. He said, take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am meek and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. We are to learn from Christ. But we often think to ourselves, do unto others as they do unto you, but we know that's not true because Christ told us to do as we'd have them do unto us in Matthew seven twelve. We know that we're to do as we'd have them do unto us, not as they do unto us. So very often, we want to return wrong for wrong. Christ tells us not to do that. He then says in Luke 6, 33, And if you do good to those who do good to you, what thanks do you receive for even sinners do the same? We're to treat people with meekness, with compassion, with love. And this is not easy. This is not easy. Even in the recent days, and I'm talking even yesterday and two days ago and day before that, and the day before that, I've had people speaking to me in hateful manners. And I'm not going to lie to you. I would love to tell you, oh, the pastor has no problems. He just looks to God and it's so easy. Oh, yes, it's so easy. I look to God and I say, oh, it's so easy. I'll just be meek. No, 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 no. There's temptations for me just like there is for you. I mean, inside of my head, Philip comes up, and I'm talking third person now. Oh, yes. Philip comes up with so many wonderful comebacks. Oh, I sure do. Come up with great comebacks, worldly comebacks, comebacks that would, oh, man, they would they feel so good when you're coming up with them. And, man, I've been in the past. I've come up with them. I've said them. I've said those comebacks, and they feel good when you say them. Oh, they feel so good. You, you sing them. You get them. Ha-ha. They're not meek. They're not weak. The problem is, once you get them out, you can't take them back. And then what a horrible example you are for the Lord Jesus Christ. What a horrible witness you are. Later on, when you try to witness to them, they say, oh, but I remember that time you said this to me. And you say, oh, boy. Oh, boy. And you can't be the witness that God wants you to be. You can't be used of God whenever you already made yourself out to look like an idiot. You have to be meek. You have to be meek. Otherwise, you look weak. And they may think of you as weak, but you're not because you want the strength of the Lord Jesus to be used in you. But wait a minute, Pastor. But wait a minute. What about Jesus himself? Jesus said he's an example. I know for a fact that Jesus lost his temper. Well, we're going to get to that in a second. We're going to get to his quote-unquote losing his temper. We're going to get to that, which he, by the way, did not do. No, he didn't. No, he didn't. We're going to get to that in a minute. What does it say? First of all, when Jesus was on the cross himself, he said, Father God, forgive them, for they know not what they do. Now, Jesus Christ, God himself in the flesh, asking forgiveness for the people that were killing him. He knew he had to die on the cross for you, for me, for all of us, for we. He had to do that. This is God in the flesh. If it was okay for him to throw a fit, not to be meek, he could have struck him down dead right there with lightning. He could have struck He could have taken the, the nails out with his mind and thrown it through him, but he didn't. He asked for forgiveness for him. That's what he did. What does it say in Romans 12, 14? Paul again. Bless those who persecute you. Bless and do not curse. We're to be meek. Now, there is a time for boldness. That is true. 
There's a time for boldness. We're to be bold when the time comes. We're not to be ashamed of the Lord Jesus. And I happen to know for a fact, nobody here is ashamed of the Lord Jesus Christ. Not a one is ashamed of the Lord Jesus Christ. I am not ashamed of the Lord Jesus Christ. You are not ashamed of the Lord Jesus Christ. You are not ashamed of the Lord Jesus Christ. I know that. If you don't know the Lord Jesus Christ today, that could change. And we'll talk about that in a second. You don't have to be ashamed of the Lord Jesus Christ. And you shouldn't be ashamed of the Lord Jesus Christ. There's a time for boldness. A time to speak out. But in reality, no. It's really not a time for you to speak out at all. It's a time for the Holy Spirit, the Lord Jesus, to speak through you. It can be confusing when you see Jesus. Because Jesus is God in the flesh. It can be confusing to look at Jesus Christ at times because he was a man, but he also was the son of man, the son of God. He was a man, and we can't look inside him and see whenever he was allowing the Lord God to speak through him because he was God. It's confusing to see when he was drawing the line between whenever he was being the man and whenever he was being God going through him. We look at him in the physical sense, but in reality, he was going through a spiritual sense much more than he ever was a physical sense. But we know this, Jesus Christ never sinned. If, if he ever sinned, he would have not have ever been allowed to get up on the cross and die for us because he would have been a mistake. He couldn't have ever been on the cross. He would have been a sinner if he had ever given into temper. Now, this is what the Bible says. The Bible says, be angry and sin not. So is being angry a sin? No. Being angry is not a sin. Giving in to anger is a sin. So having anger in you isn't a sin, but giving in to that and throwing a temper tantrum, that is a sin. So let's take a look at some of the things that people often say. Well, we know that Jesus Christ, we know that he wasn't meek. He wasn't mild. He went into the temple and overthrew the table. It overthrew the tables. Well, actually, he did it twice. He went into the temple. But in truth, he didn't go in there and just said, hey, I don't like the way this is set up. I'm going to overthrow it. That's not what he did. He didn't say, wait a minute. I don't like the color of this. No, he didn't do that. He didn't go in there because he didn't think he was getting good service. No, he didn't do that. That's not what he did. He was upset. And I don't mean upset in the sense that you and I get upset because people aren't giving us our Big Macs on time. Nope. That's not what I'm talking about. Not because we've been waiting for over 10 minutes to get a Whopper. Nope, that's not what I'm talking about. He was irritated, and we're talking in a spiritual sense. He was frustrated, and we're talking in a spiritual sense because people were blaspheming in the name of his Father God. That's why he was frustrated. That's why spiritually and in a holy sense, he was blasphemy to see what people were doing to his Father's name. Please don't text me, folks. Don't text Philip Coons right now because it comes up to me, and I'm talking about on Facebook, because it comes up and makes noises when I'm preaching. So please don't do that. I appreciate it. But what happens is, what happens is um, whenever we blaspheme the name of the Lord God, it gets all over the Lord God. Blasphemy is something that we cannot do. Blasphemy is something that cannot be done uh, to the name of the Lord God because that upsets the Lord more than you'll ever know. And it did to the Lord Jesus Christ. He overthrew the table because they were doing more than just blaspheming his name. They were using the church to make money. They were using the church to blaspheme the, blaspheme the name of the Lord God and to make money to something that was unholy. And Jesus wasn't going to have it. That's what he had done. 
for spiritual reasons, Jesus overthrew the tables. He was angry and sinned not, as it says in Ephesians 4.26. Some Christians misinterpret this. In fact, they talk about it being a righteous indignation or holy indignation, some will call it. Jesus had righteous indignation, holy indignation. But many times people will say, I have righteous indignation. I have holy indignation. And so therefore, because I don't like the way people are doing this or that, I'm going to have righteous indignation and tell them what I think. Well, in reality, we can't do that. Only the Holy Spirit can do that. The Holy Spirit through us. We're not to throw a fit and call it righteous indignation. Only the Holy Spirit takes over us and has righteous indignation. We need to remember that. Over and over again, though, we do see that there was a time for boldness. Jesus Christ, even in his meekness, was bold. He was honest. What did we say a while ago? We're to be honest with love, but honest. Jesus was honest and bold to the Pharisees. He didn't tell them, no, 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 honey. No, 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 no. It's okay. It's okay. You keep on lying. You keep on telling untruths. You keep on and tell the people that God wants them to go on. And do. No, he didn't do that. He told them straight out. What did he say? He said to the Pharisees, the truth is not in you. You are of the devil. That's what he said to them. That's not, uh, doesn't sound very nice to me, but in reality, it was nice. It would be unnice if he told them they were doing of God. That would be unnice. Can you imagine a young person taking poison? Can you imagine a young person taking poison? You go to him and say, hey, that's fine. You're eating a Twinkie. No, you can't do that. That would, that would be unnice. Oh, but it that hurts their feelings. Well, guess what? Their physical feelings would be hurt if they take the poison. And that's what the Pharisees were doing. They were of the devil. The truth was not in them. Yes, we can do it with love. Yes, we can be meek. But that doesn't mean to be weak. There's a time to be bold. Be bold, but don't be rude. And there's a difference. There is a difference. Make sure it's the Holy Spirit speaking through you and not you speaking yourself. Because this is why, the very reason why we are given the Holy Spirit, to lead us, to guide us, to listen to. It says in Galatians 5, 22 through 23, it says this, but the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, and what? Self-control. Self-control, that's right. Against there is no law, which means which means when it's talking about thou shalt not this, thou shalt not that, the Ten Commandments, it means that the law has nothing to do with this. The Holy Spirit takes control of all this. Self-control, nothing to do with this. The Holy Spirit takes over. We can stay meek. We can stay meek, away from all confrontations. In other words, be quiet. Let the Holy Spirit speak through you. You don't say a word. You be quiet. There's many times that people say things to me, and I want to say a lot. I had something said to me just in the last 24 hours. Something said to me where someone was trying to trap me. They said something to me about the Lord. and They were trying to trap me. I, I, I can tell a trap. I didn't say anything in return because I knew they were trying to get Philip to speak. But the Holy Spirit, as I prayed, the Holy Spirit said, say nothing. So I said nothing. Absolutely nothing. Now, some people may hear that and say, oh, but this had been a great time to witness. No, it wouldn't have. Because when the Holy Spirit says, shush, you shush. And by the by, in reality, if Philip Kuntz goes to speak, it might be all blundered. But if the Holy Spirit speaks, it's going to be wonderful. Because the Holy Spirit has all the answers and Philip doesn't. The Holy Spirit's the one who speaks. The Holy Spirit has everything to say because the Holy Spirit is the Lord God. God has everything and I have nothing. Without him, I can do what? 
nothing. Same with you. Let the Holy Spirit speak. And by the way, and I'm just going to say this to you, and I realize we're blessed to have media. I realize all that, social media and all that, because otherwise I wouldn't be able to speak to all of y'all out here. But here's the thing. There's danger in social media. There really is. There's a great danger. Because in social media, when you witness to people, and when you talk to people, when you talk about the Lord, and I'm telling you this because people talk to me about the Lord all the time, and that's great. I'm, I'm thrilled for it. But here's the problem. There's no tone. People can't hear the tone in which you're speaking. So be very careful. People add their own mood, their own emotion, their own point of view, and their own interpretation. So be very careful about what you say and what you text to people. Because uh, now I always pray before I say anything, before I respond, speaking and texting and talking to other people, but especially in social media. Because when you send something to someone, make sure it's of the Lord. Make sure it's not of you. Make sure it's scriptural. Because people can add their own tone. Have you ever had that happen? Especially when it's about the Lord, because if it's in the name of Jesus, you don't want it to come with a lack of meekness. You want to make sure that it's coming in with love and compassion. Now, true, it's true that if you do it with love and they take it another way, that's not your fault. But at the same time, always make sure it's loving, it's meek, and it's of the Lord. Always. This is what it says in James 1, 21. Therefore, lay aside all filthiness, and remain and remaining wickedness and receive with meekness the engrafted word, which is able to save your souls. We're to make sure that we always put the word out forth and take away all the ways of the flesh. This is why we are not to answer, but to let the Holy Spirit answer. That's how we are to do. We're not to, to be the ones to talk to the folks. We're to let the Holy Spirit be the one to speak for us. Because where we make mistakes, where we get in the flesh, where we get angry, the Holy Spirit won't. The Holy Spirit will say what needs to be said, not what we want to say. And I know we all fall for that. We've all fallen for that trap. We say, well, here's the other thing I want to say. No, we don't say what we want to say. We need to stay meek. We need to stay meek and let the Holy Spirit speak. Second Timothy 2, 24 and 25, the servant of the Lord must not quarrel. Must, but must be gentle toward all people, able to teach, patient, and in gentleness, instructing those in opposition. Perhaps God will grant them repentance to know the truth. Now, what do we talk about? First of all, who is the them that God is going to grant? All people, the ones that we're talking to. He will grant them. Perhaps he will grant them repentance to know the truth. But if we are speaking in anger, if we are speaking in emotions of all sorts. How is God going to grant them anything except they're going to say, did you hear what that Christian said to me? Now they might do that anyway. But if you're getting in the flesh, I guarantee you they're going to do that. But if you're allowing the Holy Spirit to speak through you, the Lord may reach out to them and bring them to come to know the Lord Jesus Christ. But we don't want to ever get in the way. We don't want to get in the way of the Lord. We don't want to get in the way of the Holy Spirit. This is why we need to stay meek. Stay meek. 1 Thessalonians 5.15 See that no one renders evil for evil to anyone, but always seek to do good to one another and to all. We need to stay meek, trying to do good for others. This is not simple, what we're talking about. It's not simple at all. We all have the flesh within us. We all have things that we want to do. 
But God has something that he wants to do. He wants to reach out and bring others to Christ. That's what we need to do. We need to be meek. This doesn't make you weak. I'm going to be honest with you. If you are meek and you stay meek, you're stronger than those of the world. Much stronger. You have strength in you because when you stay quiet, when you stay quiet when you don't want to, that means you have a strength that most people don't because you are relying upon the strength of the Lord God and God is stronger than you'll ever be. It is no secret to most of you, most of you out here, and most of you, probably most of you on Facebook or wherever, I am a fan of Superman. It is no secret to that. I mean, I'm wearing a Superman tie right here. It's no secret. Now, Superman, as most people know in the comic book world or the movie world or whatever, when people see him, and I'm talking in his make-believe silly world, he's actually, what people see uh, when they don't see Superman, when he's out in his little secret identity, he's Clark Kent. I didn't mean to give away any secrets, but he's Clark Kent. And Clark Kent is a mild-mannered reporter. That's what he is. He was born and raised in Smallville, Kansas. Yes, he's meek, very meek. And many people see him as weak. They see him as very, very weak. Most people think they can beat him up, treat him terrible. That's what most people see. They see a weak man. But underneath, underneath the suit, underneath all of that, he's not weak at all. Underneath, he is Kal-El, the last son of Krypton, full of strength and abilities that no one can even imagine. That's who he is underneath all of that. Well, friends, of course, that's all just make-believe, fun fiction. We know that. But folks, you're a Christian. You're a Christian. People look at you, and they see you as meek. You're to be meek. That's who you are. You're to be meek. Most people look at you, and they see you as nothing but weak. That's what they see. But that's not true. Underneath you, underneath in your heart, because you became saved by the blood of Jesus, underneath you is Jesus in your heart, the only Son of God, full of all powerful strength and abilities that the world can't even possibly imagine. Do you hear me now? Do you hear me? You are to be meek, but you are most definitely not weak. Because you have power in you. The power of the Lord Jesus Christ. You are to be meek, but you are definitely not weak. You have the power of the Lord Jesus Christ soaring through your spiritual veins. You have the power of the Lord Jesus Christ within you now. You who are meek today, you meeklings, you are not weaklings. You are meeklings because you are meek with the power of the Lord Jesus Christ within you now. You have been saved, and so therefore, you do not have to rely upon the power of the words that you have within you. You don't have to rely upon the power of the words that you have, or the power upon your muscles, or the power upon what you can say personally, but you're going to rely upon the Word of God. You're going to rely upon the Word of the Holy Spirit. You're going to rely upon what the Lord God is going to say through you, because He is much more powerful than you will ever be physically emotionally, mentally, or anything else because you are a meekling so much stronger than anyone else can possibly imagine. I say praise God, praise God today because you are a meekling so much stronger than any make-believe superhero. Oh, yes, you heard it first 
stronger than this man, man and Superman. You're much stronger than Superman would ever be because you have the Lord Jesus Christ who's in you and he's absolutely real living today in your heart. Praise the Lord God. No, you're not a weakling. You're a meekling. Meek in our actions, strong in spirit. Philippians 4.13 says, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. And that's not because you can do it, because the Lord Jesus Christ can do it. And he's going to do it when we follow him, not ourselves. Greater is he who lives with me than he who is in the world. And that is the Lord Jesus Christ, the Holy Spirit, who lives within us, us meeklings. And one more time I say to you, Matthew 5.5, 5, Blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. And let us bow in prayer. Dear precious Heavenly Father, Lord God, we thank you so very, very much. We thank you so very, very much, Lord God, for giving us your power, not our own. Lord, when we rely upon our own, we will fail every time. And you know that. You tell us that over and over in your word. Lord, we just pray that you will give us the wisdom to no longer rely upon ourselves, but rely upon you. Lord, if there be anyone today who is here or out there who doesn't know you as a personal Lord and Savior, that this be the day that that will change. That today they be your child. Maybe they don't completely understand what that means. I pray, Lord, that they will look up the number of the church. That they will call, ask numbers, or ask another minister, Lord, a true Bible-believing, Bible-following pastor, Lord, and come to know you as their personal Lord and Savior. Lord, I pray this day we will take all of our weaknesses and hand it to you and be meek and be strong in you. I pray this in your holy name. Amen and amen.